Welcome back in listeners to another exciting and fun episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have two amazing people joining us today to talk about the P-Fest, which is by Breaking and Entering Theater Collective. Joining us today uh, are Josh Ryder, who is the associate producer with the P-Fest, and Emily Bubeck, who is the artistic director and co-founder of Breaking and Entering Theater Collective, and the producing artistic director of the P-Fest. So, Josh, Emily, welcome. So happy to <laughs> Thank have you. you. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. Yeah. Josh, I'm I'm so glad you 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 are joining us today on, on a bus mobile from <laughs> New York. Oh, I am I am on the move and uh here to talk about theater, you know? Yeah, I'm making it happen. Theater on the go. I love this. This is exciting. <laughs> well, we are we are talking about your upcoming uh uh uh, festival, I hope I can call that the P Fest, which is November 3rd through the 5th mm-hmm. at 7 30 at the Chain Theater. Um, which I mean, I'm excited. First of all, I love that space, but I'm so excited to hear more about what this festival is. Um, why don't uh, uh, let's start with you, Emily? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the P Fest is? Absolutely. So, the P Fest, uh, it's um, an abbreviation, it stands for the Pre Emerging Artists Festival. Uh, At Breaking and Entering, we strive to serve what we like to call pre-emerging theater artists. And this festival is really an opportunity for the artists in our community, the artists outside of our our community, and the artists that we want to be in our community to collaborate with one another on art that is meaningful to them in a space where their ideas are respected and they are able to connect with other like-minded artists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This year, we're featuring three amazing new plays by some amazing playwrights. Uh, We've got Taking the Plunge by Carmen Burbridge, um, Broken Brain Breakup Game by Lee Melillo, and, uh, oh, Josh, what is the last one? Firefest was so fun by Catherine Weinberg. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. All three are very aesthetically different, but they are so much fun. They are irreverent, silly, um, and also deeply meaningful and interrogate a lot of exciting things. Um, <laughs> we've got a lot going on. Obviously, we've got Firefest. We've got a waiting for Godot kind of a vibe with that one, obviously, since Firefest never happened. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're, we're just really excited. There's a, a little game show element to it. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of different fun theatrical conventions that we're exploring and you know deconstructing within these pieces. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of fun, and I love I love that this festival is not like so huge that it's overwhelming. You picked three shows, all three are different. Just looking at the title, I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> like this is great. You've got something for everyone. Um, yeah. How, Josh, I'll go back to you for this one. How did you come up with the idea for for this festival or, or for the, sh- you know, the way it came together? Well, I'll throw this to Emily because Emily's been, you know, <laughs> this is, I think, our third or fourth P-Fest. I know we had third P-Fest, absolutely. Um, and it kind of goes back to, you know, breaking and entering his ethos, but I'll have her kind of walk through, you know, how P-Fest specifically uh, was created. Yeah, sure. I mean, so when we started out um, back in 2019, uh, we started with a developmental series uh, called Rooftop Readings, uh, where we just got a bunch of early career playwrights uh, to 
do like a one day, like very quick throw it together uh, reading on residential rooftops in Brooklyn, uh, which allowed them to, you know, get their pieces in front of an audience for the first time, allow us to have a fun little party on a rooftop. And after we finished that series, you know, we really wanted to expand our programming. We really wanted to give people more in-depth opportunities, things that um, were less less development oriented and more production oriented, although we are very much a center for new works development. So um, that is part of the process of PFEST, but the goal is more to create a workshop production that you can be proud of, you can show off to your friends and family and that, um, <laughs> uh, and that you can be proud of and put on your resume and help to bulk things up so that future opportunities are easier to get. So. That was the goal of the festival. And I think I think we've been pretty successful so far. I mean, we've done one, we did one back in 2019. And we did, we obviously took the year off in 2020, um, as many people did, but we did a virtual fest in 2021, back when um, things were still a little like pre-vaccine. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, but, um, <laughs> but we're so excited to be back in person. And we've seen a lot of um, our past collaborators on this festival continue on to collaborate with the people that they've met, either like in our developmental series or in uh, PFEST. So that's been like the most fruitful and exciting thing for me is to see how people connect and what they're able to do out of that. Now, how do you go about selecting the works that you're going to put on? Yeah, every year we have a um, application process for PFEST. Um, we do have a plethora of amazing writers in our community that we're already connected to. But as, as a company that strives to serve pre-emerging artists, that demographic is constantly changing and there are constantly more people moving into the city in search of artistic community, in search of like a place where they can collaborate with like-minded artists and the application opportunity, the application structure, rather than like selecting people who had a great rooftop reading or have a relationship with us, it allows us to keep our finger on the pulse of the pre-emerging circle in New York City. And uh, yeah, one of our playwrights literally just graduated from Fordham. So I'm super excited to give her her first like production opportunity uh, after our undergrad. Um, and then some of them are, you know, a little more experienced. Catherine uh, has completed grad school. She went to OU um, and she is constantly doing um, online readings and whatnot. Her, she's the Firefest artist and she, um, her work really explores like internet culture. Uh, and so she's had a lot of really fun, fun things. Anyway, wh what I'm getting at is we do an application process. We have a panel of readers from our community and um, we try to, we try to have a large group of um, artists in the selection process so that we can really see what's speaking to us, what we're interested in producing and uh, what we think is important right now. So I, Josh, I know you were a part of that process. I feel like there were how many, like 10 or 15 people who helped out with that? Yeah, I think about eight to 10 people. Um, and Emily touched on something too, is some, something else that we're looking at with these shows is, you know, whose stories can we tell? You know, we were talking before we started recording, uh, Andrew, about, you know, why does a story need to be told? Why would we, you know, talk about a show again and again and again? And so we're looking for what stories are now, what stories are really communicating what 
you know, we're struggling with now, giving people a voice who maybe don't necessarily always have the reins to tell a story. Um, I also want to go back to something else Emily mentioned. Um, we do do a rooftop reading series um, where we take new plays, we put them up on, you know, different roofs throughout, you know, Brooklyn, Manhattan, every little borough we can to give, you know, new artists chances to, you know, do their show for the first time in front of an audience. It's beautiful. It's outdoors. It's in the summers. But we do a lot of different programming. You know, PFS is just that is really giving people this first opportunity or one of the first opportunities to get their plays up with the mix of artists, right? So we work with actors who, uh, like Emily said, who are just, you know, brand new into the city. One of the rooftop you know, I, I uh, was an associate producer on, we had an actor who was in grad school and then we had an actor who was on Broadway to each other. So they both got to, you know, work and learn with each other. And, you know, we are, you know, paying our artists and giving these folks a lot of their, you know, their first professional theater jobs. So it's something that we're really proud of um, as far as the P-Fest and, you know, some of our other programming. Oh, that's fantastic. This, uh, those rooftop series sound amazing. Uh, are they open to the public or is it just like invite? Very oh, much absolutely. Open very open to the public. Yeah. Because. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. We, it's a funny little system that we have because we don't like posting people's personal addresses online, but they are more than open to the public. You'll get a fun little DM on Instagram from Breaking and Entering if you want to come with the address and all the information. And yeah, they are in the summertime. We've closed it for this year, but we'll absolutely send you all the intel. Oh, my next, gosh. Yeah, because I summer, this Andrew. so much fun. <laughs> and look, although New York is hot in the summer, it is just beautiful. Like in the evening, I would love... Love to be on a and rooftop when, and just taking theater. Oh, yes. And when you're on a rooftop, you know, like you're however many stories up, it's nice and breezy up there most mm -hmm. of the time. You're not suffering too bad. We also do have complimentary sunscreen if that's an issue for you. <laughs> so, you know, we do our best to um, make it a welcoming environment. And they do tend to like devolve into a party at the end of the night, which is always, always a joy to of course, have that kind theater. of community. Well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What else are we going to do? Right. <laughs> So do you guys help develop these um, these shows that you have in the PFest or is this just you select it and you're like, great, prep it and we, we, we host it kind of thing? Uh, it's a very flexible um, kind of development opportunity for the artists that are involved. Uh, we recommend that their script be at least in like some kind of final draft form when they apply for the festival. But that being said, we're not like, we don't have a date where we're like, your script has to be locked by this moment. You know what I mean? So it's kind of in flux for each artist and each team, you know, like I know we've had like three new drafts of Firefest already during this process. Um, I, there are some that are more set in stone Taking the Plunge actually has its world premiere performance at The Tank. Uh, they opened last night and they're running this weekend and next weekend. So we're really excited that uh, Carmen gets to see that iteration of the play, learn from it, bring that experience to P-Fest to continue to develop the piece and make it um, everything that they want it to be. So, yeah, uh, it's not we don't force a developmental process onto the playwrights, but we tend to hire directors who are comfortable comfortable working in a new works development situation so that they're able to collaborate see if there's like 
opportunities for further development of the script during the process. So cool. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. the message or the thought that you're hoping audiences will leave uh, from this <laughs> festival? That's such a great question. I, I obviously they're all very different pieces. So I don't know that I can speak to what exact message I want them to get, but I, I want them to leave feeling like the indie theater scene in New York city is just like bursting with talent, that there are so many amazing artists that they that we can keep our eyes on, that we can support, that we can follow, that we can, you know, really invest in because these artists are the future of the American theater. You know what I mean? Like we can, you know, keep regurgitating the same seven shows over and over again, or we can invest our time in the artists uh, that are here now making their work and speaking to this current moment. So yeah, I, I want people to leave being like, wow, there are so many awesome theater artists I had no, no idea about, and I can't wait to learn more. Uh, wrapping up this portion of the interview, I want to ask, who do you hope have access to this festival? Yeah, I I really hope that um, fellow artists in our community have access to this festival. I hope that, I hope that they are able to come see the show, support their artistic peers, and... Um, be inspired by them. Uh, we are very passionate about having accessible ticket prices. Um, we haven't set the exact ticket price yet, but it's either going to be 15 or $20. And any night of the festival, you get to see two shows so that are, they're not full lengths. Uh, you know, they're not like two hour pieces, but most of them are like an hour or 45 minutes or so. So you're getting a little bang for your buck there. And yeah, we, we don't want it to be an accessible price point wise. Um, and yeah, does that answer your question? I, I, I hope a lot of people have access to it, but I do hope specifically that fellow artists in the community are able to see it, be inspired and mm -hmm. be moved to make their own things and go out there and seize the reins of production in the theater industry, you know? <laughs> and, and for me on my uh, producer brain side, I'm also, <laughs> you know, all the artists, but for me, I want, you know, folks who, who, uh, both, you know, in theater and out of theater to come see this and say, hey, I'm going to be a huge Carmen fan now. I want to see everything that Carmen does, like but for, for everybody, for all of our artists, like, you know, some of the actors I want, I want, I want them to have groupies. That's, that's what I want for them. I want, <laughs> you know, people to see them and say, I want to produce their work, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something that I would really like to see from the folks who are coming to, as well as, you know, artists who want to, you know, collaborate with them, make work. I also want to inspire, right? So I want people to say, wow, these are three shows that are not based on a movie, that are not based on a book, that are not really, you know, based on anything. They are original works and that can still happen in New York City and people will still come and support. So that's, that's what I hope too from this festival as far as accessibility. Please listen carefully.
change up the conversation just a little bit. I want to kind of talk a little bit more about you. What are some shows in the past um, that you love or that have inspired you? Um, and I'll also open it up to composers or, or uh, playwrights. And Emily, why don't I start with you on that question? Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> gosh, what what doesn't inspire me? Uh, I like I said, I, I work predominantly in new works development and um, I I love I see a lot of readings. I'm not gonna lie. I, I the Playwrights Realm did a wonderful series uh, earlier this year that I really, really enjoyed. Um, what else is inspiring me right now? Uh, this is such a hard question, Andrew. Um, Josh, can I why don't you take it yeah, for right now? I'll, I need, I'll go ahead I need and to think it. on this for more um, of a second. Absolutely. So I, I come from a, a slightly different background. I'm, I'm very new to New York. So I've been in Los Angeles for the last four and a half years. So a lot of my focus has been, you know, in the TV and film world and also, um, you know, development on that end of things. Um, on the theater side, what's really inspired me, um, I really enjoyed Fat Ham at the public. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed um, I'm Revolting uh, very recently. Very, very interesting play. Um, I also, uh, the show Rami on Hulu um, really, you know, came came out of nowhere and, and gave a, a voice to a community that does not usually get a voice and also a very, you know, human human voice there too. Um, as far as theater and composers and, uh, you know, artists that inspire me, um, like I said, Rami Youssef, um, I, uh, my kind of fun story, I know we we're going to talk later about um background there um when i was a kid i was obsessed with broadway musicals i was obsessed with in the heights in particular and so for my 13th birthday um now i'm aging myself i uh, had tickets to in the heights um and i ran into chris jackson who played benny in the heights and you know george washington and hamilton and uh i was like i'm really excited i'm seeing this for my birthday whatever i'm a huge fan and then he's like well after the show come and find me um, no. And so I went to the stage door and then I was like, Chris Jackson told me to ask for him. And so he um, took me backstage and introduced me to the whole cast that saying happy birthday to me. Um, he, was, uh, he then looked at me and he was like, have you met Lin-Manuel Miranda? I was like, no, I haven't. And so he took me to Lynn's dressing room. I go to Lynn's dressing room. He had just won the Tony. He shows me his Tony. He gives me advice. He said, you know, never give up, you know. Keep say yes to every single opportunity you can. Oh, all the air is coming on. I hope you can still hear me. Um, <laughs> to say yes to everything and then seven years later flash forward to when Hamilton is transferring from the public to Broadway I was his assistant so I uh, <laughs> you know kind of stayed in touch worked, worked with him on that and uh, it was like an amazing full circle moment uh, flash forward to right before the pandemic I was shadowing and assisting the directing team for Hamilton in the LA production for two days, for March 10th and 11th of 2020. But what a great two days they were. So what I loved about that, and I loved about that, you know, whole cast and crew, um, both on, you know, In the Heights and Hamilton, was that fostering of young artists. And, you know, I got that constant encouragement. Jonathan Groff still sends me emails once in a while, being like, how are things going with your acting and producing, like, whatever. Like, just really sweet people. So that was something that struck me at a very young age, that this Broadway community and theater community in New York is, about lifting each other up. A similar story, um, when I was in college, there's a theater company, a great uh, you know, indie theater company in New York. Right? Theater company, they did shadow puppetry and uh, really, really cool like 
small works of music and, and art. Um, but they were doing a show in Cincinnati where I went to college and they said, well, hey, you know, we could do our show, take it here. But they said, let's take a few of these college students and give them some, you know, some of their first professional experience. And so I got to work, you know, on a professional stage doing this cool, like, uh, devised piece, which is very similar to Sleep No More in an abandoned brewery in Cincinnati. So I, <laughs> I think it was just another example of the theater community lifting each other up, finding people who are coming in for the first time and, you know, giving them opportunities. So that's what I, you know, my personal mission for Breaking and Entering and why I gravitate so much towards our mission is to give theater artists a chance to, you know, to grow. And uh, that's something that I think this company does extraordinarily well and why I, I wanted to be involved. I don't know how we follow that with anything else. I mean... <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Right. <laughs> I look back at like my, I think you just like completely like ended our podcast because we have no stories. <laughs> Stop that one. Oh my gosh. When does your book oh come God. out? Goodness. <laughs> oh, that's Josh Ryder's memoir coming soon. <laughs> it's older that I get, the more I'm just like, not only is it amazing when art happens, but I've, I've learned to, you know, when I, when I was younger, I'd be really competitive. But at the end of the day, creating art is a beautiful thing. And like you said, when one person rises, you bring everybody with you. And if you look at, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of shows, you know, uh, that are at varying stages, it's people working with their friends. Emily and I have known each other since we were seven years <laughs> in old. In the fourth grade, we were, yeah. <laughs> in the fourth grade, and we were still working together. And, you know, once, uh, once Emily takes over American theater and Shut shows up. the world what it's going to be, she's going to pull oh me up God. with her and I'm going to be like, thank you, Emily. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> we really want to create community. And what I love that Emily said, you know, what she hopes that artists come to PFAS is because we want to create together and we want, you know, this to be just, you know, a seed in in the garden, you know, I'm, I'm using this metaphor now, in the garden of what, like, tomorrow's theater landscape is going to be. We want to tell original stories. We want to give voices to people who, you know, aren't in the spotlight now. And this is, you know, a way to, to start that process, to plant that seed, to start that garden. Yes. So, Emily, I got to kick the question back to you now. Kick it to me. <laughs> what, 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 are, what shows in the past have inspired or do you love? Uh, and as well as playwrights or composers, if you'd like. For sure, for sure. I um, So I've, I've worked with Blake Allen a lot. I'm pretty sure he has a, a show coming up soon at Carnegie Mellon. He also, he, he does so much amazing work in terms of like arrangements, as well as um, he, he's doing a new, I can't remember if it's an opera, operetta or if it's a musical piece, but it's uh, called Shards and it's about um, mental health issues, especially in the Mormon community, actually, throwing it back to your Utah moment. Um, but he's a wonderful, he's one of my favorite composers, but um, the shows that really inspire me are very indie, very underground, you know. Um, uh, one of my favorite pieces ever was actually a piece that I directed in the very first P-Fest. It's called Sweet Shop by Tori Lassman, and it's about uh, five women who work in a sweatshop making sex dolls. Um, and it's like very like post-apocalyptic, like they're working 147 hour weeks. And, you know, it's like kind of, it's, you know, it's like a heightened reality. It's like very, um, 
very what's the word that i'm looking for you know just uh irreverent it's very irreverent um it explores working class women's issues while also exploring women's sexuality you know so that's one of that's one of my favorite pieces that still sticks with me a lot we also just in our rooftop reading series this past summer we did a play called 11 months of nuclear summer by sophie mcintosh Oh my gosh, speaking of Sophie McIntosh, she just had a play at the Chain Theater actually called McBitches uh, that was a New York Times critics pick. Oh my so God, good. it was so phenomenal. So Sophie is really an artist uh, to keep your eyes on. Um, she's amazing. Uh, there was another, uh, Josiah Turner uh, is another up and coming playwright that I really have my eyes on right now. Uh, he's written a play called Jinkies, which is kind of like par parodying the Scooby-Doo gang. And it like explores environmentalism, um, environmental racism, like a bunch of like really crazy cool things. And it, um, uh, it showcases a, uh, a, mystery ink that is um almost all people of color which is like really exciting and fun so yeah there's a lot of there are a lot of playwrights i have my eyes on and i'm excited to see where they're going and their work is constantly inspiring me so i love that stick with you for this next question um kind of building off what we were just talking about um have you seen any great theater that you might uh, recently that you might recommend to our listeners uh i'm really gonna recommend this uh production of taking the plunge at the tank uh it's again it's running next weekend as well uh, i think through the 16th or the 17th i could be wrong about that but the tank website will have all the intel um this this piece taking the plunge is a really really it's really exciting to me. It explores uh, a trans mask individual's like kind of journey and their relationship to both body dysphoria and body dysmorphia. I feel like I see a lot of media and um, stories that cover one or the other, like either the gender dysphoria or like, uh, you know, certain people's experiences with body dysmorphia. But I don't see a lot of things that explore the intersection of both of those. Um, and how that can impact an individual and their perception of their identity. So I will be seeing that next weekend and I cannot, I, I cannot recommend it enough. Again, obviously I haven't seen it, but I am I'm really stoked. Um, what else have I seen recently? Oh goodness. Uh, I've been traveling a lot this month. So I honestly, most of the things that I've seen have been one weekend shows at the tank. I did just see a show called, um, uh, Confessions of a Wannabe Slut uh, by Cameron Villavicencio, which was amazing. I'm seeing a lot of really cool staging these days, like really inventive sets and um, designs that really contribute a lot to the storytelling, which is really exciting to me. That's, you know, there's not, <laughs> that's not really an answer in terms of like things that have a continuous run that I can recommend, but that that would that would be what uh that would be what I recommend. Um, I'm I'm very excited as well for primary stages production of Peerless, 
uh, by Jihei Park. I cannot wait for that one. Um, I actually, I work in a rehearsal space. So um, I'm working in the rehearsal space that they're, they work at. And every so often I'll like peek my head in. I'm like, Ooh, what's going on? I can't wait. I can't wait. So that's it probably very, my very good. It was yeah. very good. It's, that is a really well-written show. I, oh. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that's one of these pieces. It's like definitely recontextualizing Shakespeare, like for our modern moment, which is fun. And I think is an exciting way to honor the classics while still trying to create art for this moment. And continue a discussion about something very important too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Josh, how about you? Have you seen any great theater that you might recommend? Absolutely. Um, I also uh, very much enjoyed Tales of a Wannabe Slut. Um, like Cameron, I did see that at the chain as well. Um, awesome to see new works. I also saw um, I'm Revolting at Atlantic Theater Company, which was fantastic. I'm a big Gracie Gardner fan. Um, what I loved about this, you know, I sound like a broken record, but um, Gracie Gardner did a um, kind of a residency at my undergrad where she workshopped this play for, you know, over three years. Uh, not, not I'm Revolting, but a different play. And one of the actors that she met at my undergrad is now off Broadway in I'm Revolting. It's fantastic, Bartley Booth. Um, and I love that, you know, Gracie kept using Bartley throughout the years. And just another example of when you give young artists opportunities, you know, that can not only for the artist who is now off Broadway performing, but for the, you know, the writers who got to, you know, really shape some of these plays around these specific voices, it can be a really mutually beneficial thing. Um, I also really enjoyed Cost of Living on Broadway at MTC, which I saw um, mm. a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was so good. I saw Cost of Living um, when it was at New York City Center about three or four uh, years ago. And mm. my wife and I are actually seeing it tonight on Broadway, but it, I just... Oh, oh, you'll really enjoy it. I can't wait. That that show, I, I, I got the play as soon as it published. I, it was yes. so good. Well, and, you know and, what I loved recently? Corsicana was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Playwrights Horizons. I'm I've been at the drama bookshop like every couple uh, of weeks being like, is Corsicana ready in the script here? Y'all get on get on new play exchange. What are you doing? You can read these plays. I promise. <laughs> Josh, I want to go back to you for the next question, which is what's your favorite part about working in the theater? Oh, I'm going to keep mine short and say, you know, <laughs> most of the broken record that I just said, getting to work with so many different people who, you know, I wouldn't normally get to work with, getting to lift new voices up and uh, provide, you know, connection, really, because you really get to, I feel like there's nothing as immediate as sitting in a space with other people and, you know, experiencing something on stage uh, that, you know, you're, we live in such a, you know, immediate gratification generation and also like we're so saturated by social media that when we do get to actually be in a room with other people there's something like almost I mean cathartic I don't want to use the word religious but it is kind of like a religious that experience is. to yeah to be in this communal space with um with other people and like every time I'm in a show I feel like I learn something new about myself not in personally but when I'm seeing a show engaging with the show I'm learning something new about myself and the world around me. I also think it's a great way to, um, you know, I, I spoke about the TV show Rami, um, and that's a TV show, but it's a great way to 
see other cultures from new eyes. And I think it's a, a great way for people who do see theater to uh, grow empathy and see, you know, other people's opinions and views in a way that, um, you know, is, is positive. So that, that is one of my favorite things. And then Emily, how about you? What is your uh, favorite part about working in the theater? Uh, so many, so many favorite parts, but I'll, I will keep it to one. I will keep it to one this time. Um, my favorite, my favorite, favorite thing is being able to facilitate connections between artists. Um, there's one of our directors for uh, this year's P-Fest, Michelle Chan. She's directing Firefest, um, and I'm so excited to be working with her, but she was one of our directors for our rooftop reading series in 2021. And the playwright that she was paired with, they have gone on to collaborate and develop uh, Murnaz, Murnaz Tiv, that is the playwright's name. Um, they've gone on to continue to develop her work and collaborate in meaningful ways. And when I hear stories like that, that's really what brightens my day, you know, like being able to put the right people in the right place uh, and be able to connect with one another. There's like nothing more rewarding than a friendship, an artistic friendship, you know? So yeah, I, I, I'd say that's my favorite. I love that. And and I love that that's, that's the one you highlighted. A lot of people go community, family. I like that you pinpointed the fostering of, mm. of, of relationships and, and especially between artists. I mean, that's- Yeah. Yes growth let's foster <laughs> growth <laughs> let's do it let's do it babe well i want to ask you guys as we wind down my favorite question and i'm so excited uh emily i'm going to start with you which is what's your favorite theater memory oh all right i do i do have a really good story for this one um hey. i <laughs> i i worked as a freelance stage manager for about four years in the indie scene and I was working on a piece in Hot Fest. Um, it was called Lucian Lucian. It was by Andres Osorio. And uh, that piece is about, um, I believe his name is Lucian Winthrop, um, who is like the individual who started the Twinks for Trump uh, campaign on uh, Tumblr back in the day, uh, if you'll remember. Very divisive guy, very scary, but it was a very interesting, it was a very weird magical realism piece. Long story short, there's a lot of um, exploration of the gay community, specifically the conservative gay community. And um, <laughs> at one point, it's like a one night only show, you know, this poor actor who is playing Lucian Winthrop could be, <laughs> the script was in flux constantly, right? And <laughs> at one point, he just looks up to me in the booth and he calls wine, <laughs> right? And I was like, oh no, holy shit, like we're in performance. And not only were we in performance, the script was literally changing until we went into the performance. Like I did not have every single line change in my book. So I was like, holy shit, I hope I give him the right line. So I stand up and I yell as loud as physically possible. The line that I think he is supposed to be saying, which is, I want you to fuck me in the ass. And that was just not the line at all. He looks up at me, he goes, oh no, we cut that line. And then that was all he needed. He figured <laughs> it out. He got right back into it. But yeah, my favorite, my favorite theatrical memory was standing in that very weird little booth at Dixon Place and screaming, I want you to fuck me in the ass <laughs> with all my little heart. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my God, that's fantastic. I wish I could have been in the audience and just been like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> 
much it was it was a riot but especially because as a theater person knowing what happens sometimes in those tech booths i'm just saying it's like okay what's going on up there right (laughs) (laughs) well josh definitely a memorable moment (laughs) i i mean can you top what you told us earlier as your favorite theater memory or favorite theater memory memory. (laughs) i mean that's that's probably it but off of what emily said i just there's there's so much i love the the show must go on this about everything i have a lot of of theater mishaps for sure i uh um in uh in i i did lames um in summer camp back in the day and uh i was playing tenardier and uh, there's the line, watch them run amok, catch them as they fall. Our director had us jump out from off stage onto like the top stair um, uh, just, that was just on stage, the metal staircase. And while I was singing, catch them as they fall, I was rolling down the staircase, um, which was uh, awesome. And you just hear this, this metal bang, 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 bang. And then a uh, I'm okay. And then we kept going with the show. Um, I also was in Bye Bye Bird. Uh, the HD was completely out. And um, oh my God. Uh, we opened yeah. the stage doors. And, um, and this random guy started oh walking backstage. I'm about to make an entrance. And I looked at him. I'm like, can I help you? And then he was like, no, I'm all good. And then he just walks out in the middle of the show while they're singing. I don't know. I like, totally forgot that happened. And uh, Emily was in this production. Yeah. Um, and this guy is just looking around on stage with a full house. And then, like, I end up, like, improvising an entrance. It's like, oh, sir, like, you come this way. And, like, push him off the stage, <laughs> push him outside. And I'm like, what were you doing? And he just looked at me. He's like, I was just looking for the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, so lots of lots of craziness, lots of fun. Uh, it's live stories. theater, baby. It's live theater, baby. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, probably yeah, the the in the heights thing was a pretty special uh, moment in the theater for me. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, seriously. Between the two of you, y'all need to write a book about. I mean, this is fantastic. This is <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to. I'm going to wrap this up with you guys. I want to ask, uh, just steering back to the Breaking and Entering uh, Theater Collective, do you guys have any productions that your company has coming on the pipeline? Or, I mean, just you guys individually, do you have any projects that we, we can plug for you? P-Fest, sure. P-Fest, P-Fest. P-Fest, yeah. We're also going to, we're, we're producing a production of Girlhood by Molly Vandermoor. That's going to be at the Tank in... Um, February. Yeah. More information coming on our website and Instagram, but after Mm -hmm. PFES, that'll be our next thing. And then we'll be back next summer with our rooftop readings. So yeah, lots of good stuff. And if our listeners want to get more information about PFES or about the theater collective, uh, or even about you two, and they want to reach out to you guys, how can they do that? Absolutely. They can go to um, our website, our Instagram, or our Facebook. Our website is B-E-T-H-T-R-C-O.org. Yeah. If you if you search Breaking and Entering Theater Collective in Google, it will be the first thing that pops up. Uh, that's also our handle on Instagram, B-E-T-H-T-R-C-O. Again, just search us and it'll come right up. 
Uh, I'm at Joe Placidly Amid the Noise on Instagram if you want to find me there, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's more of a personal page. Uh, Josh, what about you? Yeah, I'm also on, uh, I am Josh Always Writer, spelled R-E-I-T-E-R, on Instagram if you want to follow me there, or joshwriter.com. I have all of my, you know, acting, producing, directing stuff on there. Um, But yeah, you can find us uh, on either of those places. Josh, Emily, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and, and tell us all about PFAS as well as the Theater Collective. This has been amazing. I, I'm so excited to hopefully see at least one of these shows, if not all three, and hopefully our listeners will will take in this. This is exciting. I love the work you're doing. So thank you guys so much. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. Thank, thank you. you so much for having us. This has been this such a blast. blast. My guests today have been Josh Ryder and Emily Bubeck who are uh, artistic directors and producers of the PFAS by Breaking and Entering Theater Collective, which is running November 3rd through the 5th at 7.30 p.m. at the Chain Theater. Tickets to go on sale soon. Uh, You can get tickets by visiting their website, B-E-T-H-T-R-C-O.org. You can also follow the Theater Collective uh, on Instagram at... B-E-T-H-T-R-C-O. And you can follow our guests on Instagram. Uh, we'll post their handles as uh, on the description of this uh, episode as well as on our social media. Um, so get all, get all that information, get your tickets, go support this incredible fest, uh, support this incredible theater collective. This is, this is how great theater is continued and continued to grow. So um, be sure to get your tickets now. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.